Grace to you and peace state from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I was reading uh, one of my favorite uh, theologians uh, ha- who happens to be of the Roman Catholic persuasion, uh, Father Richard Rohr, this past week. He wrote something that was quite striking to me as I thought about in light of this text that had happened. Father Rohr writes, there are two ways of being a prophet. One is to the enslaved in order to tell them that they are set free. And that was the difficult path of Moses in the Old Testament in the Exodus account. And Rohr says the second path to profit is to tell people who think that they are free, that they're not free, that they are enslaved indeed. And Rohr said this is the even more difficult path of Jesus. This difficult path of sharing entrapment to people who do not think or even feel entrapped was indeed the message of John the Baptist. After all, there was a reason why he was in the wilderness. The Bible makes it clear he was not in the safety of the city. People just didn't want to listen to him. They were smug, they were secure, they had their own life, and they didn't want to be told that they were enslaved because their needs were met. And the last thing they really didn't want to hear is somebody standing up and challenging their way of life. Repentance means that things would change. And because of the change, people feared a loss of some sort. It's not so much that people fear change, is it? It's more likely that they fear a loss as a result of the change. And to repent means you have to see things differently. Repentance means a new way of receiving and a new way of giving. And I gotta be honest with you, true repentance isn't all that easy. Yes, we have at the beginning, before we start our liturgy, a confession and forgiveness. But true repentance requires a new behavior, which means that we discover a new narrative about the world, all of which has the power to change our actions. And so the people who came out to hear John the Baptist preach on repentance were at a place where they knew they needed to change something. No one who is smug, who when things are going well, would leave the safety of their own residence, their own city, their own journey out to an unknown wilderness where there was great danger and the uncertainty of safety. Anyone who proclaims the word of God, any preacher, has to admire John the Baptist. He got results. People were coming to him. They were getting baptized. He could numerically quantify the number of people. He had to face many of the same challenges that we modern preachers face. How does one break through like Father Rohr said and share with people who think that they are free, that they aren't free indeed, they are enslaved? Let me backfill for you this morning how John the Baptist got here. You see, there were these people They weren't just any people, but people that God had chosen to be God's people. And they weren't in need of any sort of repentance. Repentance, why should they repent? Had they not followed God's commandments? 
What possibly could this itinerant preacher out in the wilderness, John the Baptist, tell these people that they hadn't already heard? It's little wonder why John uses severe language. He calls them, you brood of vipers. He's trying to get their attention. He's trying to break through their, their ego. And then he calls out their self-proclaimed identity of children of Abraham. He says, don't presume to call yourself a child of Abraham as our ancestor. Things haven't much changed since John the Baptist and his message. Let me suggest to you that we don't hear the word repent in our culture, in our common vernacular here in North America. We don't hear that we need to repent, often outside of a faith community. We don't hear the word repent in our own expectation about who God is and what God should be doing for us here on earth. Let's take a look at that verb, repent. As Lutherans, I hope we know a thing or two about repentance. After all, Luther made that a keystone word for his 95 theses. To repent means you tell God you are sorry for the sins you have committed. And when you do that, God forgives you. And this is a process that between you and God can be seamlessly painless. We just did it this morning. And having repented, you probably go back on out when you leave here after you've asked for forgiveness, and you go back out into the world as if nothing has changed, right? And then you come back to God and you repent once more. And luckily for us, here's the good news, God is patient and forgiving. But if this is our mindset when we come to worship, then the message of John the Baptist can never get through to our ego. Repentance requires a new way of seeing. Maybe that's why God struck my eye this week and it's all scratching. I had to wear my glasses. It's a new way of seeing I don't have contacts in. If repentance is to be real, then we have to see what we thought we were and what we actually are. It's a difference between who we truly are in God and who we think we are. We have to see what God designed us to be and what we have made ourselves to be. That's a quite different way of looking at ourselves. So repentance is a break from our previous self. It's from our previous past, but it is inspired by our faith. Faith in the promise that God will meet us there. Faith that the breakthrough of God's kingdom into our lives and into our broken world. In short, then, repentance means being able to see ourselves and our world in a different way, the way that Jesus sees. And this new way of seeing is not our way of seeing, but it comes to us like those who are baptized by John. It comes to us in our own baptism, because it was John the baptism who points us to the one who was mightier than himself. He says, the one who will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he brings us to the font of baptism because that is what repentance is all about. Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? Repentance, yes, I renounce them. Repentance, as Luther understood it, was nothing more than a return and a re-entry into our baptism, not once, but daily. 
It is God who turns us around so that we can see things, not with our own eyes, but with God's eyes. But this baptism sacrament, this baptism thing, that's not an in and of itself. Baptism points us beyond our own being out toward the world. And here's what Luther talked about vocation. Because of our baptism and because we are made free as a result of baptism, we are then able to serve our neighbor through our vocation. Through our vocation. It is God who turns us around so that we can see things not with our own eyes, but with God's eyes. And we also know this, that obviously repentant people, after they have made a true confession and received repentance, they are still people. Repentant people go back into the world in newness, looking and acting and talking as if new life in Jesus has already taken place. But let me tell you this, I think repentant people, when you learn a true repentance, they learn a big secret. And let me let you in on that secret. Repentant people discover you find your true life by giving it away. That's a paradox. Let me repeat it. You will find true life when you give your life away. That's the action of repentance. They freely give themselves away. Grace. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything to hear this word of God proclaimed and see the children proclaim the word of God. You see, repentance is like that Christmas gift that comes to us from the God who truly loves us in Christ. And God gives us the grace to accept his marvelous gift, a gift that makes it possible to see life in a new way. And God's gift enables us to give of ourselves to others in ways in which we have never dreamt possible. Thanks be to God for the vision God gives us. Amen.